Do you like what you're hearing right now? Then be sure to check out VOC Nation. Whether it's on VOCNation.com or your favorite podcast provider, VOC Nation offers the greatest in live and on-demand content, great interviews, and incredible insight from those who have lived the business. Seven days a week, VOCNation.com. And don't forget to check us out on Twitter at VOCNation. Thank you for joining another edition of Bumps and Thumps, the talk of wrestling. I'm Brian Ferguson. My guest today is known as the Gavda. He is currently the manager of multiple wrestling talent under the Rapid Empire to many many independent wrestling organizations, including Mid-States Wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to introduce the Gavda, Nigel Rabbit. Nigel, thanks for coming on today, my friend. Appreciate it. Mr. Ferguson, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate uh, the opportunity to uh, regale you and your listeners with uh, uh, what I claim as wit. Yes. Well, I got to tell you, I saw you uh, a few weeks ago, uh, Mid-States Wrestling here in Springfield, Missouri. Mm -hmm. And when you and your empire, part of them, came out of there, uh, I was really impressed Thank uh, you. at your the way you presented yourself the way you uh presented your your wrestlers uh, i believe it was dread roberts and uh lord at two i believe it was those yes two. yes and and uh good guy great wrestlers by the way uh mm-hmm. obviously uh, they're in your empire or they wouldn't be there correct very 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 fond of both men very fond of both men looking yes. forward to the future uh yeah. building building them up as well as building up the rest of the empire, but uh, uh, I got a lot of uh, uh, a lot of enjoyment working with Dread, uh, and uh, a lot of enjoyment uh, with working with Atu. I think that uh, even if we don't expand beyond just the the the, the trio of us, uh, I, I think we're going to have a lot of uh, enjoyment out of Mid States Wrestling, yeah. um, and I, I think a fair amount of gold as well. I I can believe that. And I want to tell the folks out there that you are British. You are not putting on an accent. You are a British. Yes. You know, you're from yes. England. I'm a, uh, I'm I'm I I'm a naturalized American citizen. Uh my family moved over in 79. We've been uh, as, as probably one of my favorite quotes from any Lloyd Bridges film. We've been in this godforsaken land of McDLTs ever since. Um, now, uh, uh, <laughs> um, now, uh, uh, my, my father is, uh, a, a, uh, a canon in the American equivalency of the church of England, uh, or was now retired. Um, and, uh, he was, uh, at, at the time of us moving, he was a priest, uh, and we emigrated as a part of ministry, uh, and then bounced around, uh, the, uh, uh, I wouldn't necessarily say the 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 Atlantic Northeast, uh, but I don't know. I wouldn't necessarily say you know, the mid states. Um, yeah, it, it it's hard it's hard to say. We're maybe a state or two in from the coast. Every you know, just about every home that we had until we moved to Texas. And then when we moved to Texas, my father uh, and my family we planted a, a parish. Uh, in a uh, suburb called Capel, Texas, and uh, that was '89, uh, and I've been in Texas ever since. Oh wow! 
Okay, well, yeah, that's that's interesting. So, and you've kept your accent, which is pretty amazing because a lot of I shouldn't say a lot. Some people lose their accent once they're in a different country for such an extended period of time. That I mean, y- yes to... and no. It, it's a it's a matter of will more than anything else. Um, okay. Uh, a friend of mine that I, that uh, I have equated as my uncle. He's an older friend of mine, and I've known him since I was about uh, seventeen, eighteen. Uh, and uh, we've known each other for God close to thirty years at this point. Uh, and uh, when you talk to him, he does not sound very Texan. He's got a little hints of Southern here and there, but it's only after he's into his cups a little bit that you start to hear a lot of the Southern draw. And I asked him one day about it and he said, I don't want to sound like I'm from here because if you go outside (laughs) of the state of Texas and even in the state of Texas with all the people who've, you know, emigrated from outside, uh, you know, other States outside, you know, there is a, a stereotype of a perception, yeah. uh, uh, a perception of intelligence. Uh, and he's a very intelligent man. And he went, I don't want people to, to, to presume that I don't have intelligence. So he worked to get his accent, uh, to, yeah. to get his, his Texas accent out. I kept my accent in just because that was the way that I talked and the way that I want to talk. Uh, you know, yeah. now it's muddled horribly over the years. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, no, I'd rather I'd, I'd rather sound like me than than. No offense to to any any Americans, I'd rather sound like me than than you know Americans because at, at least immediately, thanks to Star Wars, there's an immediate intimidation factor uh, because <laughs> yo, oh, oh, this fella, this fella is evil. He's either evil or posh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, very true so, indeed. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that for a minute. Um, we were talking before we went on Star Wars. That is, and and, and uh, DC Comics. Uh, you know uh, what? What kind of got you into that? Obviously, you saw the movie uh, Star Wars, but I mean, mm-hmm. what was it that really intrigued you to say, "Oh God, this is this is awesome. This is great stuff." What what? What was the it factor for you, I guess? Um, as a child, it was Luke Skywalker and the, uh, the, the, the very classic story of unassuming, uh, you know, in this case, farm boy, uh, moisture farm boy, but un- unassuming, um, not particularly special young, young man, young boy who has destiny thrust upon him. Uh, and he rises to the occasion. It's a, a very classic tale. It's a very classic trope. I mean, you know, J.K. Ra- uh, uh, Rowling's did it with Harry Potter. Uh, uh, Lloyd Alexander did it with his Pride and Chronicles with uh, 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 Taron the Pig Keeper. Uh, I'm sorry, Taron the Assistant Pig Keeper. Uh, and uh, 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 David Eddings did it with uh, 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 Garion in the Belgorad, uh, uh, was it Quintology trope, and it's also something that that when you are, you know, a a a, a young young child, a young man, um, you all you, you yearn for something. You yearn. That's why Spider Man is also such a a popular uh, character with with young young men. Is there is that 
I, I, I want there to be something more to me. I want to grow into something more. I want to be something more than what I perceive myself to be. Okay. Uh, and that's initially what started it, that, that desire to, to be someone that grew into that hero. Uh, and then as I got older, uh, it, it was Han Solo, and I wanted to be that scoundrel and be that troublemaker. Uh, and then I kind of continued that that into professional wrestling. Um, but that's you know that 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 was a, a lot of it. And then you know I enjoy a lot of uh, I enjoy uh, science fiction. And I enjoy the fantasy. So yeah. the fact that you, your mind has to wrap itself around something that is completely different from what we're dealing with in, in yeah. the everyday here, uh, you know, in the real world, you, you start dealing with the fantastical uh, and Star Wars managed to craft, uh, you know, a little bit of Westerns, a little bit of high fantasy, like, you know, King Arthur and, you know, actually closer, if I'm going to be honest, closer to, to some of the Japanese high fantasy uh, because there, there was a lot of uh, heavy emphasis on, on things like, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Shinto-esque uh, uh, religious concepts and samurai and the, you know, Jedi Code of Honor and Samurai Code of Honor and that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, you, you, had, you had fantasy, you had magic, you had science, you had science fiction, you had all of these things uh, bundled up in this, this fascinating uh, little opera uh, about this young farm boy who has th greatness thrust upon him. And then you find out that through the course of the adventure, it's not just greatness thrust upon him, but it is actually inherent. And he is uh, a, a lost heir akin to uh, Moses or uh, uh, Guy Ritchie's uh, King Arthur legend of the sword. Yeah. yeah. No, that's yeah. Good analogy. I mean, for me, like we'll talk about your wrestling, but for me, my wrestling and I don't remember this. I guess uh, my grandpa used to watch it. Uh, he died when I was pretty little, but he used to put me on his lap and watch it. And then I just kind of went from there. People are like surprised because you know I'm still I'm 53 years old, and they're like, "You like wrestling?" I'm like, "Yeah, I love it. It's great, you know." And do all this stuff and collect things. And let's get back to you though. We're gonna circle back. So getting into the professional wrestling business. Sounds like you like Star Wars, you know, DC Comics and all kinds of, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, wrestling is kind of out of that. It's part of it, but I mean, it's kind of not, it's kind of <laughs> out of that element. What drew you into professional wrestling? Uh, well, the first thing that drew me into professional wrestling was way back when my family lived uh, uh, on the southern side of the Ohio River uh, in the Ohio River Valley uh in a a suburb uh suburb called edgewood uh and my uh the, the primary school i was going to they had uh one of those little uh uh one of those little closets that was doubling as a little bookshop and you, know, you go in with your pocket money and you buy you know a, a, a eraser or a pen or something like that um i almost said rubber and then i realized that was that, that's that's always conceived differently here um, um but uh you know um and there was a there was a uh you know you remember they mead used to do these folders and they used to put mm -hmm. all of this you know uh pop culture well i would i'd gone up to the shop i was going to purchase something and I looked past the the the, uh, the 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 young man or young woman I can't remember now 
uh, who, who was sitting there, I looked past them and I saw a, uh, it was a WWF back in the day. It tells you how old, uh, but a, a WWF folder that said, uh, or that had a picture of Ricky, the dragon steamboat before he was doing the, uh, uh, the, the, the actual dragon fire breathing gimmick in WWE around the yeah. same times that, that he was doing his, uh, 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 WrestleMania battles with Randy Savage, okay. uh, and it was it was just his promo photo. So you know, it, it's it's him with you know, kind of you know, I'm the dragon, kind of yeah, and the the yeah. headband on, wearing I think it was a red gi. And I looked at it and I said, "That's cool. I want to I, I, I want to pick that up." And I picked it up, and I I, I stumbled upon I think it was. Uh, um, superstars of wrestling on a Saturday morning, flipping mm-hmm. channels, and came across, uh, you know, came across WWE in that in that time, and uh, you know, just kind of just kind of fell in love with uh, the athleticism, with the characters. For example, and to give you an idea, when I say the athleticism, the Rockers, my favorite tag team for a very, very, very long time. Uh, in conjunction with Demolition being my favorite tag team for a very, very, very long time because I loved the the, the fast pace and the athleticism of Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels, but I also loved the presence and, and the, the the characters and you know the makeup and all of the 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 you know row the the uh, the, the BDSM leather gear that that Axe and Smash had, and then the powers of pain and what the, and I really. One, I kind of fell in love with fell in love with tag team wrestling because some of my very favorite early memories of wrestling uh, are memories that consist of uh, you know the Barbarian and the Warlord, Axe and mm-hmm. Smash, uh, you know uh, Bret and Neidhart, you know, uh, uh, you know, and then later you know Honky Tonk and and uh, uh, Greg Valentine or the Dream Team, Greg Valentine and 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 Brutus, uh, Brutus Beefcake. Uh, and there was so much about that I just kind of got uh, entangled with and embroiled with. But the interesting thing is, is that I only had exposure to WWF. I had never okay. seen uh, the the NWA. Uh, okay. As a matter of fact, when Ultimate Warrior won the uh, the, the heavyweight championship in, in the Toronto Dome. Uh, and I was excited about it come Monday morning and I was talking with a classmate uh, and he said to me, he says, you know, he's got a tag team partner. And I went, no, he doesn't. I've been following, you know, you know I'm, I'm a kid. I want to why know that the internet wasn't a big thing. Didn't know about tape trading and things right. like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, did, didn't, I, I didn't even know about, you know, uh, uh, you know, d- dirt sheets and, and after mags and things like that. So I, I had I, all of, the only information I ever got about wrestling was what, come across wwe and some like no he's he's never i've followed the ultimate warrior since he's since he's never he goes no he's his tag team partner is a fellow named sting uh and he's in the mwa and my immediate response was to think he was talking about the hip-hop rap group uh, and i was like <laughs> and i said i can't say the name today uh but i said the name i was like what no that's ridiculous that you're you're having me on uh, and it was only uh, it was it was years later that I found out that NWA also stands for National Wrestling Alliance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Um, yeah. <laughs> but that's that's I mean 
that's really that's really what got me into uh, wrestling as a fan. Yeah. Um, and then my family moved to Texas, and you'd imagine with moving to Texas and and having such rich history here that I would be immersed in it. Not the case. We didn't. We we my my family didn't do much in terms of uh, um, in, in terms of things like cable and other things like that. Uh-huh. So you know we, we had a very limited you know uh, cable and channel selections, and I just had no idea. I mean, I knew that Kerry Von Erich came from Texas, and I knew he came from roughly about Dallas because you know that that's where they you know that's where they promoted and being from right. whenever he was you know for WWE. Uh, but I had no idea the sport. When I moved to Texas, sportatorium shows, and, and there's still, and if I had known that, I probably would have gotten into wrestling a lot sooner in life. But I had no idea that mm-hmm. I had no idea that there, that was even an option. Uh, so my family moved to Texas, and because of a lack of availability of things, I kind of drop off, and I don't get back into wrestling until uh, spring of '97, and I got oh, back wow. into it because I'm flipping channels one day. Uh, and as I'm flipping channels, I pass Randy Macho Man Savage. And I'm like, was that Randy Savage? And I flip back, and the camera's not on Randy Savage anymore, but it is on Razor Ramon. And as I'm looking, and that big fella must be Diesel. What am I watching? Uh, and it turns out I was watching uh, you know, an NWO promo uh, with Kevin Nash and, and uh, uh, Scott Hall and, and Randy Macho Man Savage. And uh, I started watching more and I'm also a big fan of uh, Brandon Lee's the crow. And so I got introduced to sting that way. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I, had, I, I hadn't really, I mean, I'd heard his thing. I may, I might've seen some pictures of sting, but I never really, never really knew much of the, you know, flat topped all American, you know, ultimate warrior face paint, but speak in coherent sentences. Uh, and, you know, it, it was, it, it was really, you know, I, I latched on to the NWO, I latched on to Sting. Um, and that's what got me back into professional wrestling. Uh, and, uh, you know, with, with occasional waivers in and out of watching the product, um, I, I have been a solid fan ever since. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... I had limited to, I watched, see, when I was a kid, we had, I was, I grew up in Wisconsin, so we had AWA, American Wrestling Association. Right, yeah. Would have loved and, to have seen some AWA. On yeah, time. and it was, and then it was like, when that raid happened, when Vince took all the, you know, guys, uh, and right. then they started being on TV, I saw more AWA guys and WWF than the AWA guys, and then that kind of all went on from there, but... I didn't start getting WWF till probably 84, five. Okay. And, uh, yeah, cause you know, cable was just coming in and, mm-hmm. but, uh, right. Understand you're kind of, I was the same way. I didn't have NWA until later. Uh, it was WWF. Uh, we started getting, uh, world-class, uh, the original world-class Carrie Von Eric, UWF, oh, all that stuff started coming all at once cable, but right. So I understand how you kind of like what's what's going on, but I, I get so you know you talk about how you started watching it and getting into it. So 
Yeah, like I told you earlier, your character, your 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 rapid empire mm -hmm. uh is a great uh you know promo piece when you guys did your thing out there. You come out there with your Union Jack tie and, and uh your your proper British attire, if you will, and, and uh I thought it was great. Um I didn't know what to expect. I'll be honest with you, because I was like, I don't, I've never, I knew Dread Roberts from before, but mm -hmm. I didn't know Lord of Two, and I didn't, and, and I didn't know of you. Uh, but you guys, like, you put on a great. Uh, you you did what you were supposed to do. I'll tell you that. We, and, and, we put we put forth a, good, a great spectacle. <laughs> yes, and I will say this: what you and uh, let's say like Stephen E do as managers is to me what's missing in the big ones you know the mm -hmm. the 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 wwe you know you got Heyman, but Heyman just sits at or he leans against mm -hmm. the ring post for 90 percent of the match he doesn't interfere or do anything um and i mean it's just i don't know it's it, when when you guys are there you you're involved, even when you're not supposed to be. But uh, that's a true missing. <laughs> that is a true missing component of that. And I want to talk about that in a minute. I want to circle back to how did you get directly involved in the business of professional wrestling? I mean, what what's it? What you woke up one morning and just said, "Hey, I, you know what? I'm going to go do this." I mean, what was your thought process about doing this? Well, okay, so. A uh, little, little bit of a uh, um, little, little bit of back history. Uh, sure, I, I am a, uh, I, I'm a I'm a theater major, uh, and uh, I, I have a uh, well. When I was going to school, I didn't finish. So to say, I am a theater major. I'm an aspiring theater major uh, and a <laughs> aspiring double minor uh, in uh, psychology and English, uh, and I. Uh, I, I really, I, I got myself into a position where I wasn't really making it to, uh, I wasn't making it to too much in the way of auditions. Um, I had done a lot of really eclectic uh, things, but I really wanted to get myself back involved in some form of, of performance. Um, and uh, I, I fell into wrestling um, because at the time I was working uh well, rewind a little bit. At one point, I was working for Verizon in their fiber uh, fiber solution center for uh, Verizon Fires, and I met a fellow who uh, goes by the name of Will Riggs. And Will and I started. Uh, he ended up uh, uh, nesting with me while training, and so we found out that we were wrestling fans. And so, quite literally, it would be take a ten minute call, you know put ourselves into the training queue and then talk about the call for five minutes and then talk about wrestling for like another 45 minutes before going back into the queue. Uh, and, and we did this all day. We, we did this all day for like two, three days. Uh, and uh, when I left Verizon, uh, I, I come across him again when I was working at AT&T. He already had a job at AT&T. So when I come out onto the floor, there he is and he sees me, he's like, Oh my God, Nigel, 
it's great to see you. You know, you know, we can pick wherever we want to sit. Sit over here, right here. There's nobody in this desk. Leave this desk empty. So we got space, but you sit one desk over. And, you know, when we're not on calls, we'll just go back to doing what we used to do and talk wrestling. And so that's what we did. Then one day he comes back uh, uh, from uh, a weekend and he tells me that he had gone to an independent wrestling show in a small town called Seven Points, Texas. And at that show, uh, he was there to watch a friend of his wrestle. Uh, he had briefly worked for a company called uh, uh, PCW uh, and had done some work with PCW uh, in, in Texas. So he knew more about the independent scene than I knew about. Because I, I think I'd seen PCW once on telly uh, late at night on Channel 52. Uh, on a Saturday, like 11 o'clock at night was anyway. Um, I, and, uh, he was like, you know, a friend of mine was wrestling. And so I went out there and they had this policy where they would let you film the matches if you gave them a copy of the tape. And so, you know, I, I filmed, I, I filmed the show and gave him a copy of the tape, but will being the kind of guy that he is and being the charismatic person that he is as he's filming, he's doing play-by-play commentary. Uh, uh, and so they watched the tape and they were like, wow, this guy's doing play-by-play commentary. We want we want to take advantage of that. And so they brought him in uh, to do play-by-play and they asked him to do play-by-play over house mics, which <laughs> we didn't realize why it was a no-no until much later on to do that. Uh, it exposes way. I mean, it's nice for the fans in, in the arena. I, I get it. Um, yeah. I, I've done it several times. I've done it internationally. Um, now, I've, I, but I get why. I get why, especially you now here in this country, uh, you, people like no, we don't do we don't do that here. Um, <laughs> but you know, we, we we didn't know any better. Nobody had smartened us up about it. Uh, right. and the company was really big about it, and so they brought him on. And he and I have the same sensibilities when it comes to doing commentary and, and who, who who are the greatest commentators of all time. And so I looked at him and said, if you ever need a Bobby Heenan to go with your gorilla monsoon, you let me know. Yeah. Uh, they, they ended up doing auditions. Uh, and that's another story all in of itself. But the short of the long of it is uh, I somehow managed, even though I had a terrible audition, somehow managed to uh, be invited to a live audition. Uh, when I came to the live audition, uh, as they say, I stuck the landing uh, and they kept me around. Uh, and they kept me around uh, uh, so much that when the company got away from doing over house Mike's commentary, they kept me on as uh, an announcer. The fans already okay. knew me as a heel, so I was in as a heel announcer, which uh, is unique, trying to get the fans to cheer when they already don't like you. Uh, but I had a lot of fun with it. And I, I did that. I did that for a couple of companies, a couple of different places. It was a lot of fun to do it. I get why people don't do it. Uh, because if, if you, if you don't know how to invoke emotions the right way, um, now uh, you, 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 you're going to be that guy that doesn't get any good reactions uh, from the crowd and, and as an announcer yeah. you want to keep the you want to keep their spirits up and keep them energized yeah. um eventually i got moved i i got moved out of doing uh heel announcing and uh i, I started just you know 
doing regular, you know, normal, you know, uh, I, I hesitate to say baby face, but basically baby face uh, announcing work. And then you know, I tried to, uh, I, I, I said to myself, well, I want to see what I can do with this and where I can go with this. And so I tried to get other booking opportunities, but most companies already have an announcer and they're not willing to give somebody a try to get rid of their announcer unless they're unhappy with their announcer. And so, yeah. and I wasn't, I wasn't really of the mindset of I'm going to take people's jobs either. I just wanted to grow myself and, and wanted to see, you know, you know what I could do and where I could go with things. Yeah. I, and so, you know, I, I thought about it and I said to myself, you know, I was never really a terribly athletic kid. Um, now I, I, I tried to, I, I tried uh, basketball for a little bit and uh, I pedaled my bikes often and, and up until the point that I owned an automobile, I walked everywhere that I went unless a friend of mine drove me. Uh, and so, you know, I wasn't in terrible shape, but I wasn't what I would consider an athlete. So I didn't think that I, I, I had the capability of doing wrestling, yeah. but Bobby Heenan is my idol. And I did commentary in the vein of, you know, in, in homage of, in the spirit of Bobby Heenan. And so I said, well, Bobby is the greatest manager that ever tread the boards. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I should try for that. Uh, yeah. And uh, uh, that's, 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 that's where this kind of got started. Wow. I tell you, uh, you do have the voice to be a commentator or heel you do, you do have that, and I could, I could see you just based on the our previous encounter at Springfield there, <clears throat> poking the bear with the the correct way <laughs> to poke the bear at fans to uh, get a reaction the way that oh, yeah. it, it's supposed to be, like like Bobby did, and uh, mm-hmm. absolutely, yeah, it's so much fun. It really, yeah. It really is. It really is. Um, I, want, now, uh, I wanted to ask you. I wanted to ask you real quick. Do you think uh, in today's the, the WWE, the AEWs, uh, the Impact, that missing component, the managers getting involved, not just standing at ringside with a title belt over their shoulder, across their chest, holding it but actually grabbing inside the ring when a person's getting whipped into the rope and the guy grabs his boot, you know, around his ankle and trips him or gets up on the ring and hits him with a, a cane or something and mm-hmm. knocks him down on the ground, on the, on the, the mat. Um, what is your opinion on, on that stuff? Cause you're a manager. So, you know, you get involved some, it, <laughs> you it, know, it depends. It depends on, it depends on the talent that you're working with. It, it depends on what you're trying to communicate as of, uh, I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm putting on airs, but it's trying it depends on what you're trying to communicate as an artist. Um, mm-hmm. Now I think that what Paul Heyman does today is masterful because what he does today is he crafts his talent in ring in such a way just by the way he carries himself that mm-hmm. they are they are the the 
ultimate either badasses or monsters. These are not people who need someone to interfere on their behalf. These are uh, uh, forces of nature of their own right. Uh, mm -hmm. And there are some times where it is very appropriate to not involve yourself um, because of, like, for example, um, you know, sometimes that I've worked with Lance Archer, uh, and uh, depending on, on what we're doing, I as a matter of fact, the last time I, I worked with him, uh, we, we were doing a, a show in, uh, I think it was uh, Lawton, uh, Oklahoma, and we were in Lawton, uh, and uh, my first response to him was like, "Man, I, you know, I'll, I'll just, I'll just be ringside, and you know, I'll, I'll, I'll cheerlead for you, and clap, and react, yeah. and you just be a monster and do your monster thing." And he's like, "Nigel, I appreciate that, but no, I want you to get involved. I want let's have some fun with this." Um, so it, it's <laughs> if I if I if I lay my hands on someone yeah. during a match. It either means that I don't have faith in them or we are so nefarious that we don't care that we've got the advantage. We don't care that we've got, you know, we're going to do things our way because, yeah. you know, the, what are you going to do? Stop us? <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. and, and yeah. so, you know, it, it's, it, it's a little bit of that. Um I, but don't get me wrong. I love interacting. I love being a part yeah. of it. I love doing things. Um, I, I, I love, I love being both the reason why we win and the reason why we lose, because mm -hmm. that adds just an extra level of things. It gives, uh, it, it gives the baby's faces something to work with. It gives the heels something to work with. Uh, mm -hmm. Whether I'm a baby face or a heel, which I've done both, and I enjoy both. Mm -hmm. um, now, uh, uh, <laughs> it, it's it. You know, it, it's 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 fun being terrible, and it's fun being supportive. Uh, yeah. and, and you know, sometimes uh, sometimes you like and you get to do both. Uh, but I think that yeah. I, I think that the absence of managers today is a tragedy. Um, yeah. I know why. It, I I know why there's an absence of managers today, uh, and it stems from WWE having financial problems. Uh, during the uh, early and mid '90s, if you know, if you pay attention yeah. to history, professional wrestling w became very much single competitor. They started doing away with, uh, they started doing away with things like an entire pay per view of Survivor Series matches. Um, yeah. Tag team matches stopped happening as often. Managers yeah. started disappearing, uh, and yeah. it wasn't because there's not guys out there capable of it. It's because if you have a manager out there, and let's say it's just a regular singles match, that's four guys you got to pay. Uh, yeah. If it's a tag team match, five guys you got to pay. Yeah. Well, and well, if if that if that fourth or fifth guy mm -hmm. isn't driving things like merch sales, isn't driving things like content, isn't doing those things. Why? Why bring yeah. them? Yeah. Why? Why? Why spend the money on them? Uh, yeah. And it's it it's terrible for me because now I've, uh, now I've got a much harder uh, mountain to climb to get yeah. to that mountain top. Um, now and uh, now it, it, it's also created with uh, with, with some of the 
in, in with, with some of the the older managers, kind of a, a got to protect my spot because if and you know I, I I have I have myself fallen into problems with this mindset of yeah. protect my spot at all costs. I don't try to do anything to to hurt anyone else, but right. at the same time. I'm not as supportive as I would like to be or, and I'm having to adjust my mindset on that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, uh, when you run into, especially when you run with some, some companies today won't have more than one or two managers unless like someone's bringing their girlfriend along. Uh, <laughs> and there's a, there's a number of, a number of those, you know, and I'm not saying that they're, they're good managers or bad managers. I'm not, right. there is no judgment placed on it. It's just that right. if someone's bringing their girlfriend along, they kind of get bundled into the show, regardless of whether or not the promoter has a want or a need for it. Unless the yeah. promoter is very, very, no, we're not doing, we're not doing anybody extra, you know, or they're looking to, you can go out there, but I'm not paying you, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> which, which I've heard promoters do uh, for managers when the, uh, you know they're they're only looking for so many managers to be a part of a thing, um, yeah. I, but at the same time, you can't have managers a part of every match. You have managers a part of every every match, and it just gets, uh, yeah, uh. yeah. You, no, you you've got a very valid point. You know the Paul Heyman viewpoint you had. I I really didn't think about it, but it also could be that he don't get involved because he's been in the business so long that he probably don't want to get hurt. Or you know something like that because he's not a spring chicken, you know. Well, he's see, probably... I mean, he, de- definitely, definitely, definitely. De- I mean, nobody wants to get hurt, <laughs> right? Uh, but I mean, but... he might be more susceptible to getting hurt because he's a lot, you know, he's a lot bigger than he used to be, size wise. Well, he, uh, he he is, but I mean, I when it comes to when he when it comes to doing what what he can do and and, and doing the thing mm-hmm. now he's probably the most gifted order in professional wrestling at that level um i you know I, and don't get me wrong i love i loved listening to bobby cup promos bobby is one of the very best yeah but but paul is really really good at invoking emotion and that mm-hmm. especially for what he's doing that's what he needs to do yeah um i i think honestly it's it's less of a fear of injury and more of a less is more for paul okay if paul went out of his way to do things all the time it wouldn't be valuable the few times he does things we sit there and we're like oh my god Paul's getting involved or somebody involved Paul. What? Well, yeah. You, you run through a gamut of emotions. Um, mm-hmm. And, and that's, that is something in professional wrestling that I think a lot of people do not pay immediate attention to it is the less is more. Yeah. If, if we, if we always like, I'll use hardcore as an example because I thought hardcore was was fascinating and barbaric when I first saw it, and now I still find it to be barbaric. And God bless the talent that can do it. You guys are amazing. 
Uh, In no way, shape, or form am I trying to take away from them. For me, hardcore is so overdone because of things like, you know, uh, ECW and uh, the other independent hardcore and and, and deathmatch promotions uh, that it doesn't resonate with me. Just with me. Again, I'm not, I don't want anybody to misunderstand and think that I am, I, I am, uh, poo-pooing on their their art form. No. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, I've I, I've had the pleasure of, of uh, being in a corner opposite of uh, uh, of Masada and watching him work and being uh, being a part uh, of uh, a story with him. And, and you know, same with uh, uh, same with with uh, uh, oh my god so bad when your brain just goes click and just <laughs> that's all right oh we understand hey yeah it's okay it's bad that's okay i want to ask you one quick question how long have you been in the business uh i my first uh my first show was uh the uh i believe it was a 22nd of March, 2009. Okay. 22nd so about, or the 23rd, about almost oh, 15 years. It'll be 15 years oh, this March. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's great. I mean, that's wonderful. <laughs> that's great that you've been able to. Dimitri Alexandrov. That's who I was going to mention. <laughs> Dimitri <laughs> Alexandrov. Sorry, Dimitri. Okay. Uh, yeah, and, uh, yeah, I've managed Aaron Mercer, uh, who all also, Talk about a technician. The man does not need to bleed for living in professional wrestling. He's an incredible technician, but he is also an incredible storyteller with hardcore. Um, uh, and that's just it. Is um, you know, hardcore, is, hardcore is an art form. And, and while I don't personally care for it, um, mm-hmm. I, I fully recognize the skill and the talent that goes into doing it the right way. Yeah. I would say that, I kind of agree with you on that. I mean, it was a new thing 25 years ago when they, when it was really popular with ECW. WWF did that. They had a hardcore champion for a while. It kind of burned so, itself out. So did uh, so did the uh, uh, WCW. I, I, WCW. I remember the uh, <clears throat> yeah. I re- I remember the uh, what was it Saskatchewan Hardcore International title. Thank you so very. Very much, Vince Russo. You <laughs> great silly person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, they kinda burn that one out. I mean, I'm I'm sure it still goes on periodically, but what I want to ask you next, uh, since you've been in the mm-hmm. business and real heat with anybody. You don't have to say names or anything. I mean, have you ever had any real heat with somebody where you just you've had to work with them and it's just like you're pulling doing gritting your teeth so hard that they're gonna crunch well i mean there's there's always there's always people people that you dislike you know for whatever reason now and there's always people that 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 great uh and now uh Sometimes it's it's because you don't like their work. Sometimes it's because uh, you don't trust them as a human being. Never mind as a performer uh, or, or an athlete. Um, 
I, I have I have had a couple instances uh, where I've had to work with uh, uh, a, a person that I would rather not have even been in the same building with. Um, I, and my method of handling that and like work, 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 work in a match uh, with them, um, with uh, a, a very wound up wrestler in my corner uh and uh now i i flat out i flat out told the fellow i was managing i was like look i'm gonna be um i'm gonna be complete opposite and i'm gonna cheer you on i'm gonna encourage you i'm gonna say mean things to the fans i'm not gonna get near him he's like why he's like because if anything goes wrong if something happens i don't want to be accused of trying to take liberties now i i yeah um yeah. Man, it, it it was a it was a rough match for the fella anyway, um, because his, his opponent was 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 wound up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, I've even I've even I've even worked with uh, um, I've even worked with a notable or two who uh, has had uh, or I I didn't have issue with them until I found out they had issue with me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's always that's always fun uh, when yeah. a person of influence uh, has expressed a a, uh, a a dislike for you. Anybody listening to this who, who has any questions about how to handle those kinds of things, do the best you can. Um, yeah. um, you know, if, if at the end of the day, what ends up happening is a door gets closed on you because a person of influence uh, is you now creating negativity for you. Um, now. Uh, treat that closed door as their missed opportunity. Um, go about, do you think um, I actually had this happen with a company, a company, uh, a company started. And uh, one of the fellas that uh, I, I was on the ground floor, the owner of the company called me is Nigel. I want you and I want Brittany. I want you both involved on the ground floor to be a part of this. I want you to help me build this. I, I, I think, I think you guys have it. And I think that with you guys as a part of this, we can really go far. And I want your input and your creativity. And, uh, you know, and this fellow is going to be working with us. He called me today and I went, okay, <laughs> great, great. I'll, I'll reach out to him. Um, and uh, we did, we did one show for that company. Uh, and, uh, I did another company in which we're doing a storyline uh, and uh, uh, the storyline dealt with, I wouldn't say something controversial, just dealt with the reason why that fellow started his own thing. Uh, and uh, I got a message. We were supposed to do uh, we were supposed to do a, a, a Royal Rumble party uh, for the company at uh, Dave and Buster's. Uh, and I got a message and go, Hey, we're just going to let this person, uh, handle it. The, you know, you, it was going to be the three of you, but we're just going to, you know, budget says they say their budget says, and so, and then we didn't, we, we didn't hear anything from anybody, uh, for months and months. And you now occasionally Britta get a couple of nibbles about, you know, Hey, uh, would you be interested in, in coming back and, and announcing? And she'd be like, yeah. And then never hear anything. And it wasn't until, uh, uh, well, it wasn't until I want to say it was the end of twenty 
22 that I got a, a, I got a message going, Hey, I'd really like you guys to come back. Oh, um, and so we went, all right. <laughs> uh, and we did, <laughs> you know, and now, um, the, the best advice I have for anybody who encounters those things is be as professional as you can be as polite as you can. If there is something that will impede your politeness, um, like, you know, I know, I know, a, I know a fellow who, um, uh, I know a fellow who, who had to work a show with a guy who was constantly in his ex-wife's DMs trying to hook up. Uh, and that, that, that guy found out about it, um, as his, as his marriage was falling apart. Um, and wow. so the way he handled it is he went to the, the promoter and said, Hey, um, this is what's happened. Um, this is, you know, how, how, you know, this, the other guy has approached me about it. This is the reasons why I feel like it's disingenuous. Um, I'm not going to cause any problems. I'm not going to be a problem, uh, but I'm not going to shake his hand in the locker room. And if you would just tell him to, you know, leave me alone and not bother me, I won't bother him. Uh, and, uh, yeah, as long as, as long as you're polite about those kinds of things and you have a good reason, I mean, you can't just, it can't just be because oh, I don't like the way the fella looks, you know, there's the, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, oh yeah, he's, he's Catholic and I'm, and I'm Protestant and I don't like him. No, that, that's, you know, yeah. th those kinds of things, you know, ideal, ideological or religious differences are not, you know, yeah. yeah, they're not a reason to go. Oh, I'm not gonna. You know, I'm not gonna work well with you. Uh, it's gotta be. It's gotta be a, a a true and real fundamental difficulty and problem. And you just yeah. you know tell the promoter, hey, I, yeah, this this. Yeah. And you gotta be polite about it. If you're not yeah. polite about it, um, you know, you, you know, you gotta keep your temper and you, and you gotta be. Even if you two don't respect each other, you have to be respectful about your brothers and sisters in the locker room. Now yeah. they don't need to be having to deal with a pull apart or dealing with, uh, you know, r rumor mill and, and all of that kind of mess. Yeah. 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 No, that's good. Um, that's good. Right. I'm not, yeah, no, I got you. Uh, you know, no, I, try, no. I, I try to be good about something. Sometimes, sometimes I break my own rules. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to ask you, Nigel, have you uh, ever but, worked? Yeah, that's, that, you know, have you ever worked in WWE, AEW or any of those as a, anything sometimes people get called up just to security yeah, or whatever i've 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 never i've never done wwe or aew or impact uh i did do uh i did do uh, uh some uh ring work and some extra talent things for mlw um okay. I think part of the reason I'll tell you flat out. One of the main reasons why I've not gotten it with WWE is uh, whenever it comes to submitting to be a part of that extra talent talent pool. Um, I always, I, I always weird myself out by the fact that everything talks about a wrestler and I'm not a wrestler. I'm a manager. Uh, right. And I don't want to misrepresent myself and show up. And they go, oh, we need a wrestler, mate. You, 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 you hit the brick and then have my name <laughs> marred with that. Um, yeah. And I've got to, I really need to figure my way around that um, because yeah. 
the the problem is 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 that you know uh, the advantage of nothing ventured enough for this and and you know come on come on this is broadcast on Monday and give me this look and then go over <laughs> to the computer yeah fill that out you know <laughs> yeah uh, but um, and, and I worked for the NWA before uh, Billy Corrigan purchased them okay um, but uh, um, you know in, in terms of have I done any have I done any other televised work? Um, I worked for uh, SWE. I was a part of uh, SWE's uh, 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 entire run. As a matter of fact, I missed I missed two shows for SWE. One because I had COVID, uh, and one because it was a last minute thing that was put together and had a previous booking, uh, uh, and so they uh, they had it was a it was done at a, a, a posh hotel in in Dallas as kind of a uh, feeling out for investors, um, mm-hmm. which uh, I mean it seemed to go reasonably well. Uh, but uh, you know, I showed up after the fact, after everything was all said and done, and, and hung out and visited. Yeah. Okay. But um, now, uh, all right. Uh, and I've worked. Uh, excuse me. I've worked with uh, well TSW. Um, while they're not a, a television platform, they are a streaming platform, which uh, you know you can go to tsw.com uh, and uh, stream a video from them. You can also uh, go to their YouTube page and download the app on uh, uh, your uh, Apple App Store uh, and the Google Play Store, uh, TSWPLUS. Uh, um, get that get that streamed down and... and uh, now we're having a lot of fun with that. As a matter of fact, that's the very next show that I've got, uh, which is part of the reason why I'm wearing the TSW shirt right now. I was just going to uh, ask you. We've got a show. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to ask you. Uh, last question here: What are some upcoming events uh, that you and your your wife? Uh, congratulations, by the Thank way. You. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. We're and, very happy. Uh, yeah, and. Uh, Tell us some upcoming events that are, are coming uh, coming up for you two. Well, uh, 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 Brittany will be involved in uh, Christmas Chaos for Reality of Wrestling. That's Booker T's company uh, in the, the Texas City area, uh, just outside of Houston. Uh, and that will uh, th- that taping will occur this uh, Saturday, uh, and she'll be there for that. Um, I was originally planning to to come down and and be there. I, I try when I don't have a booking. I try to be places that Brittany is so as to show support. Um, mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> Brittany and I had gone uh, just after our wedding. We had gone to go see uh, a Kiss concert, and the fella, the musician that got me back into really appreciating Kiss, I reached out to him and and scheduled to uh, come to his show which happens to be his next show happens to be the, the, the second uh, yeah. of December. So uh, he's only going to get one half of us because Brittany's got that booking. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, the 16th of December, we've got TSW in uh, Addison, Texas at the TSW yeah. studios. Uh, that's a, I believe it's a, a six o'clock bell time. Uh, and okay. uh, they do at least three or four uh, film tapings. Um, okay. And then uh, see if I can. Uh, you know, it's one of the reasons why I, I 
I have this iPad sitting right here is, uh, yeah. because I don't always, I don't always remember things. Uh, so, so uh, I, I got my, uh, got my count right here. If I can figure out how to work the bloody thing. <laughs> Let's see. We got, uh, we got Tomahawk pro wrestling in Lufkin, Texas on the sixth. Uh, Tomahawk, uh, Chris, Larry, I knew about the show. I just couldn't remember the date. I knew, I knew who it was and I knew when it was, I just <laughs> like roughly when it was. Uh, yeah. and then, um, while we don't have the dates given to us yet, we do have, uh, uh, uh we do have a, a, a plan and a promise to be at, uh, uh, mid States wrestling for uh. Uh, their tapings in February. Um, Good deal. That's the and the only reason the only reason why we're not going to be at uh, the only reason why we're not going to be at, at uh, the uh, mid states uh, show uh, at uh, the the Relics Arena is because TSW has had us booked uh, for yeah. most of this year. So uh, you know, yeah. no, that's we try real hard that... to honor the the first in uh, yeah uh, first in yeah. first first uh, honored. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you. We're going to have in the description all your uh, social media platform outlets that you guys have. I'll put in the Texas or the TSW.com. Ladies and gentlemen, one more time, the governor and the leader of the Rabbit Empire, Nigel Rabbit. Sir, thank you for coming on tonight. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Brian. All right. Folks, if you're watching, thank you. If you're listening, thank you. And if you haven't subscribed, please do so, and we will talk to you soon. Hey, this is Total Package. Lex Luger, you're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. VOC Nation's own Stro Maestro suffered a major medical and financial catastrophe this year. From the VOC Nation family, to all of you, please Continue to pray for Stro Maestro for his continued recovery. You can also donate to his cause, paypal.me slash palpistro. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Check out In The Room every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kathy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you know Ray there too, right Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Yo, this is Jerry Stiggs of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs, yeah, you get ready to get nasty. Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts, and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Works. Archive-free content includes past interviews 
with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter at VOCNation. Bill After has been in the pro wrestling business for over 50 years. Hey, talking here with uh, Arn Anderson. Arn, first of all, your height and weight. 6'1", 255. And now subscribers to VOC Nation Premium get exclusive access to Bill After's archived audio footage. And uh, where's your hometown? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay, and uh, give us something about your back. First of all, your relationship to Ole Anderson. Ole is my... Subscription to VOC Nation Premium starts at just $3 a month and includes commercial-free audio and video versions of our top podcasts. Okay, we're speaking here with uh, the manager of the <laughs> World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, Tarzan Tyler and Luke Graham, and he's, uh, he's sort of glowing tonight about a new prospect we haven't heard of yet. And for just $9 a month, Aptor's archives are all yours. Uh, would you tell us who this new prospect well, is? Well, I'll tell you, Bill, I've searched the world, and I finally <laughs> found a true world champion. I finally found... What's your opinion of uh, Ivan Koloff winning the title from Bruno San Martino? Well, I think... Uh, I don't know what to say, but I, I want to say one thing. Bruno was an early champion. Hear exclusive interviews with the greatest performers of all time. This is Bill Actor, and once again, we're speaking here with... Bruno San Martino. Bruno, first of all, how did you and Bruiser lose that title to the Valiants? Well, actually, it was a, a, a very unusual loss, if you want to call it a did loss. Did didn't have anything to do Well, yes, but the whole thing is that the rules, as I always understood them, was that the title could only be lost by pin or, or submission, which is the same rules as uh, my title, the World War Wrestling Federation. That night, uh, it was... To sign up, it's very simple. Head to premium.vocnation.com or go to patreon.com slash vocnation. VOC Nation takes you behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out, vocnation.com, WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. This is Matt Hardy, and you are listening to the VOC Nation.